Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 59. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. Mostly at the moment, that Essendon Football Club talk hasn't been fun. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone. Uh, yes, uh, two JLTs, two games in the six seniors and we're all pretty flat at the moment uh, uh flat, I, confused I, I must admit i had a different emotion this time i was actually in brisbane would you believe watching but um it felt, the, felt like the first time i was angry like the the two jlts in the, the first game yep. i was really angry because i i just knew this team is totally unprepared for the year and i got angry the second game oh, i was just a little bit sad it was a bit pathetic it was, I was like i was like this is it's what such, is, where is my club at? It's such a hard down, meaning it like we were so up. We were up. We had 10 wins in a row. We had Shield join the club. We were up. We yeah. were up and about, expecting to be up and about. And it's been such a hard drop through the floor. Yeah, and, and what's confusing is why are they so unconfident? Like, I don't know if it's a word, sorry, but why are they not confident? Like, Mate, what, I don't what, know. There's nothing. I can't think of anything a reason why they're so flat, so passive, and well, like do you even, want, with the but Saints, they look yeah. so flat. They look yeah. so passive with the Saints game, and 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 rightfully people talking about that third quarter and going, okay, we saw a spark. But I must admit, I can't get around. Still, the first quarter. Yeah, like, no. I, I, all I heard was Zacker and Hebs and oh, we're you know. And Mark Harvey in the interview said, "Oh, you'll be surprised what we can do in a week." Yeah, yeah. And we came out passive again. I'm like, why? Like, what is... And played with total fear. Like, I've never seen mm. an Essendon football club where you get the sense that they're almost second-guessing whether they want to get the ball or want to, they're too scared to make a mistake. It was very fear-based football. Three-metre handballs hitting the yeah. ground. Oh, I've just never, awful. And, I, I was telling you, I said, have you ever seen so many handballs that are so weak? Like that, just go to the feet of players. Very timid. Yep. Um, it's a very strange. Uh, it's a very strange game to analyse because we played one good quarter, and I'm not going to say good because the skills weren't, but it was effort. There was, was, effort was there, energy. Yeah. And look, I'm remotely hoping it carries on to next game. Uh, um, but yeah, look, uh, you, you couldn't possibly be as an Essendon supporter. You couldn't possibly be be confident that it's going to be because no. I swear if they haven't prepared those footballers those men right well enough to be fit for round one it's going to take them six to ten games to get match fit whatever the hell that means right yeah. they're supposed to be match fit in game one I look my my feelings for this week and speaking of feelings Scotty we've got a bit of a new segment this week um, we might see if it become a semi-regular um, <laughs> segment no, no. Yeah, no, I think we might need to um, we're calling it Scotty's editorial because the boys put a bit of time and effort into a statement <laughs> so if, if you know me well sometimes I just got to write and it's, yep. it may not be the best English or anything like that but I'm just that's just what I do and I like to put things to paper yep. just write down and uh, I just wanted to probably read you what I've been thinking of lately. And look, I know there's going to be some people who disagree, and that's good, but mm -hmm. it's just my opinion. Um, but it's just something I wanted to share. And I put a little teaser out today about Paddy Ryder 
and Fremantle on Twitter and Facebook and and our your little editorial will speak to that. Um, yes. If those we those of you that were with us last year. Um, when Scott did his depressing um, <laughs> Geelong, game. Geelong game where he, he filmed it in a dark room when he was very depressed. This is not that. However, it is still a very... Um, I was actually after the Carlton game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. We're about to play Geelong, yeah. We this will be very sort of calculating. I've had a listen to it. It, um, like Scotty normally does, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and it pretty much sums up where we're at and some insights for Scotty. So we'll play that a bit later. Yeah. But on the positive side, Scotty, we have um, on the show tonight, Josh Green. Yeah, a great get. Um, I'm really wrapped at Josh. And, and look, we'll, we'll obviously pose some questions to uh, Josh just about his thoughts about what happened with him in the 2018 yeah. preseason and, and what he's reading into the situation and... So I, I must admit, I've never met the guy. We, we got in contact and we've had a few texts back and forth now. But So it'll be very interesting to get to know him. Uh, we're going to talk about his career a bit. And, yeah. Um, yeah, just it'll be interesting to see what his thoughts are on Essendon at this unusual time for the club. You yeah, say. absolutely. This sort of confusing time. Hopefully you can lay, uh, some shed some light on, frankly, what the hell's going on <laughs> at the club at the moment. So Yeah, um, Yeah. so look, we've got Melbourne this week. Uh, they've obviously lost their first two games as well and they, and they got walloped by Geelong so this is by this it's is a crazy game unbelievable that game three is is a make or break is a make or break for a season guys <laughs> uh, we, we, we don't know what to say they, we could yeah. come out we have the ability there are, the names on paper have the ability to beat Melbourne by six to eight goals yeah but with the way we're playing at the moment and the fact that the guys just don't look either fit or motivated then, unfortunately, I'm picking Melbourne by 18 points. It's hard one because, I mean, if I when you lose by 80-odd to Geelong, you yeah. really played poor. Like, so it's a very hard, to, hard one to gauge who's going to come out um, the most positive. Yeah. Look, we might go to a quick break and I'll give you my thoughts about what I think where Essendon is at. Curious Case of Essendon As the Essendon membership campaign photos were released for 2019, it was very evident that the image the club wanted to share with its members was one of a very happy, joyous, inclusive, harmonious club. You have players from the leadership group with their arms around each other in photos and almost in like a giggling state. It's an image that has developed further and further since the saga. And you can see why. The Essendon Football Club took the biggest hit in AFL-VFL history and its brand, at least externally, was to put it bluntly trashed. The irony of the saga for me was a football department in 2011-12, totally understanding that the club has gone way off the rails and required urgently an improved, tougher, fitter, harder edge. We spoke to Ben Howlett recently, and he mentioned the preseason of 2012 was by far the most brutal he had encountered. This direction was spot on, but the delivery of this, as we later realised, was poorly governed. This was the biggest shame for me at the time. What would have happened if Essendon did govern the club well and that ruthless core message that Hurdy instilled to the playing group was carried out? At that time, we had a coach and president that wanted nothing short of on-field ultimate success and were both extremely driven to get it. 
Heard had outlined clubs like West Coast and Collingwood at the time having systems in place that were far greater than Essendon, and it was his role to get the club back to building a unique elite program that was Essendon-owned, and yes, within the rules, as, as Heard would emphasise. Despite the saga being in chaos mode in 2013 and 14, the, the results of this hard-edged mantra from Heard was actually all for, for all to see. In 2013, Essendon had a list that, if you were completely honest, you could not really boast about, but it had a chip on its shoulders that was able to overcome teams far more talented. The captain was protective of its players, but very animated and still achieving success despite outside noise. He was a man on a mission. Essendon twice went to WA for wins, and I can remember an image of Paddy Ryder kicking the sealer against Fremantle and looking at the crowd with his finger over his lips to let them know, hey, you can shut up now. We don't care about you. It's about winning. It was a bit of an FU to the Fremantle crowd, and that's where we were at. Hurley had a fistful of McPhee's jersey as they were fighting. He did not care that McPhee was an old mate. He was just focused on winning it at all costs. It was an uncompromising, unsociable footy landscape. It was the first time since 2001 it had come to, from the it had come to the club, and it was critical for success and a changing culture. This is why the saga has had a profound effect. Everything changed from 2015 onwards. To be honest, I understand the Essendon thought process. We needed to rebrand ourselves for the positive. Members of the lifeblood. And what we needed was to make sure the club was seen as happy and united. The cost, however, was sadly long-term on-field success and the lack of it. We hired a coach to settle and comfort the club rather than challenge it aggressively. We elevated a board member to now president who liked to operate quietly and with little controversy. Even in one of the worst losses in Essendon's history against Brisbane, you have the CEO refreshingly tweet his disappointment. 24 hours later, he had to apologise to the playing group. It was a sign of how much had changed internally at Essendon. You felt from afar that the football, de football, football department focus became far inferior to probably marketing and branding. As businessman myself, it has worked in terms of financial stability and membership numbers, so in, in some parts I get it. Fans have believed the messaging and in the short term they liked the open and friendly nature of the club again. However. Only now, since probably 2018 onwards, has the effects of not getting the football department right and the messaging come back to truly haunt the club. A football GM must oversee critical areas such as youth development and experienced quality coaching group to achieve their own unique, clear, directed game plan and game day tactics. Back in 2011, Essendon set a five-year project to be cutting edge on their own terms, not look to copy other teams. In recent years, Essendon has hired former Richmond GM Dan Richardson and defensive assistant coach Ben Rutten. The only issue is now that the competition has caught up with Richmond and competing teams have developed their own strategies and not look to just copy and hope it works. A full review of our football department and the management whoever saw setting up this department is required. A goal needs to be that, that Essendon creates its own success. We develop our own game plan that is unique to our list and their strengths. Our leaders are strong in messaging on what is required. Club management is bold in its messaging internally and externally. We develop players to become mentally and physically ready to take on anyone. Instill a fearless and bold culture that we really don't care about any other club or even AFL management for that matter. 
Our success will be governed by us and no one else. Have a coach that says your reputation from here on means very little. How you carry out my instructions, get yourself in peak condition, represent the club on match day is what determines selections. To put it bluntly, no more playing Mr. Nice Guy Essendon. Very interesting, Scotty. Very interesting indeed. We might need to see if that can become a, uh, a full-time uh, weekly podcast uh, segment. But um, just for now, we've, we've just found out that we've got Josh Green on the line. Um, so let's cross to our, our uh, guest for this week, Josh Green. And on the line, we have uh, Josh Green. Josh, how are you going, mate? Good, thanks, right? Uh, good to be uh, on board and having a chat and talking about all things Essendon. Yeah, it's uh, it's so great to have you on, and 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 it's probably an unusual time for you to come on because there's probably a thousand questions that fans want to ask you, yeah. uh, seeing you've recently uh, come come from the club. Uh, look, I guess we're going to go into your career a little bit on the on the second half of the interview, but when you when you see the boys play at Essendon, and there's obviously lots of talk and lots of media hype, I'm I'm just curious with your how the preseason went for you at this probably start of last year, and did you see signs then that that there that there was concern about a slow start? Or was there anything that you, in retrospect, could see something? You can never really predict from training how you can really start the season. We were certainly last preseason, and I trained. It was we trained quite well. We played well in the JLT at Geelong. Um, we haven't beat, we beat Adelaide round one, yeah, and then we sort of hit a bit of a, a form slump. But the thing I was saying before, it's things can turn around really quickly in a matter of a week. Um, I certainly am not inside the walls anymore, so I'm not sure exactly what's going on. But um, teams, most teams this year are going to go through a form slump. Unfortunately, Essen hit there straight away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, but you know you got to stick by them, and um, they've got they've got the talent. It's about getting blokes playing their best, playing as a team, enjoying their footy. Probably doesn't look like they're enjoying their footy as much. So yeah, maybe. And I was wondering, simple as that. I was wondering. I mean, like after, like you said, if you lost a couple on the trot, and maybe not just take into into account your your whole career. Like if you've lost a couple on the trot, does does the locker room and the boys, do you still G each other up after a game? And do you, do you still say, no, 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 boys, heads up, heads up. We're, we're half, we're a quarter away from playing good footy and stuff like that. Cause I guess I'm, I'm trying to think from a fan's point of view that I know that the, surely the boys, and you'd obviously be able to tell us this, surely the boys would be feeling bad um, about the way the season started and the expectations on the fans. Um, do, do you, do you have a chat about it this early in the season? amongst the players or do you just trust in the training you've done um, for, it, for it to turn around? Uh, look, you should, after Ben 0-2 and, two and, you know, the performances haven't been great. Like, it hasn't been two of the best performances. So, ultimately, it's a uh, high-performance industry. So, there have to be some tough conversations being had in there. Yeah. Um, which, which you'd, from a fan's point of view, you'd expect it for them to be happening because you want to see action taken. But there's one thing I can say is from a former player is that they're hurting more than anyone. They're, they'd be 
doing everything they can to get that next win. So I think from a fan's point of view, just lay off just a tiny bit because no one goes out to play a bad game. No one goes out to stuff up. Like, if we could all play the perfect game, we would. But that's not how it goes. So yeah. Um, from my point of view, is, yeah, there'd be... There's going to be times where teams struggle. Unfortunately, Essence is at the moment, but they've got enough good players, got enough good leaders in the club. And Wusher knows what he's doing. He's been around long enough. It's just about just about turning it around with a bit of confidence, um, backing each other in, and, and enjoying their footy again because this doesn't look like they are. Now, is that was that the catalyst of of the message? I guess after around round eight last year, because uh, obviously we we lost to Carlton. And things were seemed fairly dark, but then out of kind of nowhere uh, came this kind of whole different energy and different confidence. Uh, can you? I don't know if how much you can share, but what was kind of discussed around that period going into the Geelong game, where suddenly you you, you came out a different team? Um, you can never really pinpoint what actually happens. It. it it's a bit sticking to your process and trusting that, yeah, we can turn it around and having that, um, I guess, hope that, yeah, it's going to turn around. So, you know, sticking to what the guys are doing. So just getting back to what they do well. So, you know, you know, your midfield, it's important that, you know, keep working hard and, you know, trying to win the ball and it'll just turn around real quick. You win that, that game, you might win a close game, then you'll get that confidence back and then it'll just start from there. Um, so I'm sure they'll come out this week and and uh, give it their best shot. And I guess one of the one of the things that again I sort of see as a fan, if you the the performances, like you said, they haven't been where the players in the club and and Wusha said it himself that the the performance haven't been to a standard that is required at Essendon. Um, but I always look at that and think someone like St Kilda who. They haven't got a half bad team, but we were expected to beat them. But when they know that maybe the Bombers haven't come out with a hell of a lot of confidence, they smell blood in the water. And it just, it, it lifts St Kilda up to be a more of a, like a better team or a harder working team because they can smell um, a big scalp um, for them on the weekend. So it must be really hard for a player to spend all that time working your rear ends off over the um, Christmas New Year period and leading up throughout the preseason to, to start playing for four points and then have an unusual start like they, they have. Again, only because I'm a bit confused to do with the start, to have that unusual start and then to have teams like St Kilda who haven't been the best in the past come out and really play very hard. It must compound um, the, the feeling of... Um, of uh, of disappointment for the players, so I think I agree with what you were saying. Is um, we're a bit um, as, as as supporters are a bit confused, but I think we need to stay on that left hand side of um, still supporting the players, but um, just obviously expecting better performances um, as they come. Oh yeah, I, I think uh, fans have got every right to be annoyed and, and question what's going on, but at the same time, you need to stick by and, and trust that the boys and the coaches will get through this because I know for a fact I still talk to a couple of the boys that they're hurting more than anyone and they just want to turn it around and, and get that exciting brand of Essen footy going again but it's such a ruthless competition if you're off by even 10% these days you're going to get beaten <coughs> as yeah. you can see with um, 
most of the games. So it's a great, from a spectator's point of view, it's been great to to sit back and watch and know that most games you don't know who's going to win. So if they just tweak a couple of things, get a few of the the better players around the ball, a bit more confident, things can change real quickly. So everyone just needs to be optimistic. It's only two games in. Have you have you seen just as a as a tactic? Have you seen as a small forward yourself? I uh, just noticing even Waller and Fantasia sort of haven't scored goals so far this year. Have you have you seen structurally the forward line just be off from your experience as a small forward? Yeah, I guess um, from my point of view, probably lacking a little bit of leadership down there. Maybe the Joe out. And, um, uh, who else? You know, a couple of blokes. Jimmy Stewart sort of, and those know, guys. Jim, Jimmy Stewart, some guys have played some footy. So, yeah, it's, that can probably hurt. But it's such a hard position, that um, small forward. You know, you're sort of in the middle. You know, yeah. you're not you sort of, you know, hoping it gets, comes to ground. But sometimes you can have a, you know, shocking day and have five, six possessions. And some days it can just fall on your feet and kick through a fourth. So, um you know, what was trying, I went along, he's he's trying, he's just um he's just not getting his hands on it. Yeah. Yeah. But but that, but as I said, like things can turn really quickly and and that's I think one of the best players in the comp, so he's uh he's been a bit injury prone, but he just needs to get his body right and he'll do that and um yeah, he's a star, so I, I knew he'd probably take three or four weeks to get going and um to look out the back half of the year for him. Um quite scary in my opinion anyway oh i agree i agree <laughs> we're all we're all hoping for a joshua trust me <laughs> yeah. can i can, can I just go with your career um can you talk us a little bit about your junior days in in tassie uh i think yep. if i'm right you 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 um i think you play for sorrel if i'm if i'm right is that how you say it yep and yep, i think sorrel, yep. and later on clarence can you just talk about that kind of journey and and, and were you thinking realistically that AFL could be a, an option? Um, yeah, I had a pretty normal sort of junior career up and through the Tassie Mariners and that, that sort of program. And it sort of didn't probably... I was playing soccer as well, so it didn't really become a, a strong thought that I'd potentially get drafted to probably my underage years when I was about 17. Um Davidson Medal would have said otherwise, Josh. Yeah, so it, um, yeah, it didn't really. I wasn't one of those ones early on that was, oh yeah, he's going to play AFL, but he kind of worked really hard at my game and um, learned a few tricks. Um, so yeah, around 17, I started to really believe that I could play it, potentially get drafted and. Um, it, yeah, it happened and um, ended up in Brisbane. So when you get you you're going to Brisbane, you you pick thirty two and and might I add, it's the you actually the first Tasmanian picked in that draft. Um, yep. And what happens for a Tassie boy is is it excitement just being the AFL or is it or is actually there a little bit of nerves? You know, traveling what two or three thousand kilometers north and going do I actually, <laughs> I don't know hardly anything about this city. <laughs> Yeah, it was a major move. It was actually fun. I was telling someone the other day, actually, it was, I finished school on the Monday. The draft was on the Thursday. 
and then I was training on the following Monday. So three days later, I was up oh, wow. and training. Wow. Tra- training with um, Jonathan Brown and Fev and Simon Blackwood Power. So it was a real shock. And, you know, then just leaving my family that quickly, it, it really, yeah, rocked, rocked me for a bit. And um can understand these guys are going through home sickness. Yeah. And I went through it, but, but I'd know where to go. I couldn't go home to Tassie. Um, but at the same time, like, like how good this? Like living my childhood dream. And, um, Surrounded by some Brisbane. guns in Brizzy. Yeah, and um, yeah, I was a bit of a fan of Brisbane when I was growing up. So um, to be training along those guys, alongside those guys, it was something I look back on. I look back on now and just go, wow, I was so lucky to have um, been teammates with those guys. So. Was that was that Voss, was that Vossi as as leader then, as coach? Yeah, I'd yeah I'd Vossi as coach for three yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. How was um how was the Fevolution? Did you have much to do with Fev? <laughs> oh, well, I kind of had tips in my hair then because obviously you got red hair and you know try and hide it. And I've walked in, walked in. He's like, oh my! First thing he said was, oh my god, we're gonna have to shave that off. <laughs> 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 so that, that was my first encounter with him. G'day, Fev. Yeah, how you doing, Josh? Nice to meet you. <laughs> he's like, uh, and he was, uh, yeah, he's full of energy. But little did everyone know he was going through a bit of his own problems at the time. And then, yeah, yeah. he obviously got sacked about a month later. So yeah, yeah, sad. I didn't get to play with Fev. Did you seeing sort of being so young in the AFL atmosphere? Did you get a very quick sense about the the pressures of football um, being, you know, marked as a star or non-star? But just the, the, I guess the the media, the pressures that come with footy. Was that a very quick, uh, I guess, education through that experience? Yeah, the initially, yeah, it was like even in Brisbane, like being in Brisbane compared to Melbourne, there's not, not a lot of media up in Brisbane, so. Um, but even in Brisbane, I thought the media was quite, you know, high. So, uh, but then I got down to Melbourne and played with Essen. That was just a whole other level. And um, you just can't escape it in Melbourne. Like, everywhere you go, it's in the papers, radio. Even at my new job, that's all people talk about is um, footy down it's here. Footy, religions. Yeah, yeah. So, I think, yeah. And then you put social media in it. Um, I really struggled with that. Um just the online bullying and people, you know, direct messaging you like, oh, you shit and stuff like that. It's like, well, you're not going to say to my face. No. Yeah, people, yeah. Pe- pe- uh, keyboard warriors, they're just, they're weak. Well, ha- uh, just a, a sideways subject here. We'll go back to your career. There's been discussion, uh, I guess, amongst Essendon fans, and, and I put it in a post that, that some people criticise me for because I... I didn't like the look of of the guys walking off the ground and Essendon's fan booing. I think there was even something maybe thrown. Uh, Can you do a a, a players experience? Because I I feel like I really want this brought across to fans about how little it does. There's just nothing positive about that kind of response to a a player because the easiest way for them to turn around really is encouragement. It's. Um, I don't think people realise the impact they have 
when they write these things. I know people are entitled to an opinion. That's fine. But to get personal and, and bring in family and have a go at someone's ability, it's like, well, what about I'll come and, and I'll direct message you about the mistake you make at work and see how you feel. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how like, but they're just, they're cowards in my opinion. And I'm happy to say that. I reckon you're weak and you've got problems of your own that you need to sort out if you're doing that. So um, I'm happy to call them out because I don't get it anymore. So <laughs> if you do it, yeah. if you if you think about messaging a player or writing something on Twitter, just think about the person behind that because you don't know what they're going through or yeah. what's going on in their lives. So don't add to that. Um, and, and, for, and for me, Essendon fans should be should be fully knowledgeable if you're talking about guys like Aaron Francis and that and their their, yep. their, their history. There's there's no lack of understanding or education that that we've that we do not know. Uh, so for me, that's 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 just a case of come on, guys. Like seriously, you, I I have no problem. And tell me if I'm wrong. I have no problem with you know. I I do post and say, look, I think this is where strategically we're we're not going yeah. well and and yeah. doing things like that. But my my kind of mantra is. Is I'm never going to abuse a player, going to tag a player. You know, yep. we'll discuss about our, our midfield group not performing and that kind of because yep. they, they know that as well. But to I think for me it's the calling out individually and just attacking them directly. Like I'm actually going to tag you in and abuse you. Uh, it, it's yep. it, it's like it, it's not just the player. It's it's the family behind it. They see it. They yep. see they see the effect of him. The effect of him during the week on it. So, it, it, for me, it's that's just how I see that see the world. Is I've no problem critiquing the game because the media will do it. Everyone will do it. Uh, but, yep. but let's not like you said. It, it's let's not be cowards. Let's like mm. you don't yep. know you don't know this person. You, you know, yep. and you don't know what they're going through. And and like I said, it, yep. if you're an Aaron Francis, it's the last thing you would want an Essendon fan. And you go, no, these this stuff is serious. Let's get around this. Let's get around the guys and encourage them. Yeah, and just in closing, it's just like you're not going to say it to my face, like, so why, why just do it behind the phone? Like, it's just weak, and um, I just look at people like that and just think you've got some problems that you need to sort out if you yeah. feel the need to get personal and attack someone. Because, as you said, like my family used to get see that, and yeah. Yeah, my my little brother and my mum and dad used to get upset about it. It's like, well, don't bring my family into it. Like that's just um, so. I'm happy to be out of it. To be honest, it was disgusting. Some of the stuff. I wish I actually kept it so I could show people. But there's some horrible humans out there. Yeah, true. On mate, on a on a lighter note, just <laughs> yeah. and no, but seriously, I I, yeah. I absolutely lighter agree night, with yeah. everything you just said, and it's 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 like what you said before. The players are already feeling bad enough. Like, there's, yeah. the, it means something to pull on an AFL jumper. It doesn't matter what colours on it. Um, but yeah. speaking from an Essendon point of view, you you guys work your asses off, to be quite frank, and you put in yeah. and you're coming up against monsters and you're getting hammered by backmen and all this sort of stuff. And if it doesn't go your way, um, I think talking to you tonight, Josh, has really sort of switched me across from where I was at the start of this po- podcast, sort of being confused about 
not knowing what's going on at the club and a little disappointed and, and that sort of stuff, I think you might have just changed my mind to think, listen, these guys every week come out and get hammered by monsters on the other side of the, of the, uh, the line. And we really yeah. need to just, it's, it's two games. Sure. It's not good. And we're not happy, but um, cut them some slack because the other stuff you probably don't see is all the Instagram crap that's coming through and the Facebook podcasts and uh, the, the comments and stuff. So um, uh, we, we appreciate your, um, your feedback on that one. No, no worries. Yeah. Um, but on a, on a positive I mean, note, on a positive <laughs> note, I always wanted to ask a quick question um, yep. from your time at the club. Um, you'll have seen yep. a few of the, the younger boys and girls there. Yep. Who, who should the bombers be looking out for? I mean, we we got Darcy's coming through, and we know um, Langford and that sort of stuff. But who who do you reckon's yeah. going to be? Who's going to be a real sort of um, elite player at the Bombers? I mean, apart from the Shields of the world, but who's going to be an uh, elite player that maybe we don't quite know? Um, from my time there, I I like Big Sammy Draper. Um, okay, it's a good call. Yeah, uh, I obviously yeah. Played a bit of VFL last year with him, and his progression in two years. We came together to the club, and his progression in two years from a guy that played soccer was phenom- phenomenal. And he's only he wouldn't even be twenty one yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I just think you know if he keeps his head down and works hard, and you know he keeps working on his um, craft and his skills, he. He's the next Ruckman um, for Essendon. So um, I think, yeah, the sky's the limit for him. And, um, yeah, I'm really keen to keep an eye on how he goes with his footy. I must admit, there's a a guy that not many people talk about, and I'd I'd be interested to what your thoughts are. And he got crueled by injury just when he was hitting form, and that's actually Mason Redman. I actually really rate the kid. And, And... and I'm so much hoping his body gives him a chance this year to sort of show a few people what he can do. Yeah, that's that was another one I was thinking of. And yeah, some guys' bodies just uh, yeah, it's because he probably just goes too hard. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> he just he's, he's, he's uh, he kamikaze, goes, isn't he? Yeah, he, um, but I played in the game with him last year, and this was one of his second or third game over twenty possessions. Oh, we might have lost Josh. Another one. Oh, no, he's if he back. can get a good, good run at it, um, he's going to be a permanent fixture of that side for sure. Yeah, excellent. Look, just so you know, we lost you for about three seconds, but we've got you back, so that's, that's okay. Good. We're in for- <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, actually, just going back to your career a bit, just a quick one. Your second yeah. game, would I be right in saying you? I think, if I remember, tell me if I'm wrong. I think you're a substitute, right? And you came on in the last quarter, kicked three goals against West Coast, who were then at the top of the ladder, and, and actually won the game. Can you remember that yeah. experience? Yeah, I think it was like more, maybe fifth or sixth game, and um, yeah, I had the subs vest on, and I was just sitting there for three quarters, like, oh, <laughs> is he ever, ever going to put me on? <laughs> and then he's like, and then it was put, yeah, we're down by three or four goals, three quarters time, and. Yeah, he chucked me up forward and said, just run. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so, who officially gave you the nod? Like, who came over and tapped you on the shoulder? Uh, Bossy. Bossy, yeah, okay, yeah. Just, and then, yeah, I just ended up kicking three goals and gave one off. So, we ended up winning. It was one of the best games I've ever played in. Um, and, yeah, we upset West Coast at home. So, 
I must admit, I, I do love talking to um, ex-players and, and players in general because you guys have a great memory when it comes to, <laughs> to kicking goals and the like. I love You talk to some of the older guys, we can talk to Benny Howlett uh, a couple of weeks ago, and when we say sort of statistics like, oh, wasn't that the game when you came on in the last quarter and kicked three goals? But then the players always used to, or the players always go, yeah, mate, kick three, hand it off one, um, <laughs> hand yeah. it off one as well. Yeah. They've got that great memory for those games that they performed really well in. I only remember the good ones anyway. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> How would you, like, when you, when you um, uh, I guess, left Essendon at the end of last year, how, how, now that you've reflected back on your career, how do you see that? It's a good, it's a great question. I initially um, left a bit angry and um, felt I left like I should have done more. And that really, and I guess a lot of guys do, they go, oh, I should have done more, should have done this better, because you get that time to reflect. But I um, spoke to someone real close to me that I trust, and they said, just be grateful for what you had and the times you had and the people you met, um, the good times you had and, and learn from the mistakes you made. And um, that's what I did. And I'm very grateful. I got to play two clubs, eight years, over a hundred games, over a hundred goals. And yeah. Played on Anzac Day and um, met some of the, the best people you'll ever meet uh, and, and travelled a lot. So, I'm in a great space and, you know, very, very grateful for both clubs giving me an opportunity and um, love footy again. Um, went and supported Essendon on the weekend. and um, Excellent. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you at the club, thank you. None of this Brisbane stuff. We'll keep you at the Bombers. <laughs> yeah, so, um, no, it's, I guess any time you get moved on or rejected or knocked back from something, you're a bit disappointed, but then, Life goes on, and you just be grateful for what my time in the game, and um, I'm very grateful for that. I mean, when you when you look at the uh, if you're Brisbane Lions, uh, like a frame of the wall, it's going to say Josh Green, leading goal kicker, 2014 and 15. So it's pretty yeah. substantial. It's some of the accomplishments you've done. Yeah, and that, they're the little things you look at, and you go, yeah, I'm very proud of that. Um, you know, one day I can show. Uh, my kids that and uh, my family so yeah I um, that's all I wanted to do as a kid and I got to do it um, for many years and um, as I said I've walked away with some great friendships and some great memories and um, it's yeah it's I was very very lucky well, I tell you what, Josh, for for a bloke, for a pair of blokes that never actually got to run onto the MCG, um, it's we're jealous of game one, mate. Trust me, we uh, we hundred hundred games, hundred goals, uh, all those things that you've achieved. Um, believe us, mate, we'd give our um, our right one to uh, to have experienced <laughs> yeah. half of that. Um, so exactly. you, you, your career is to be congratulated, mate, and um, the way you played at both clubs is to be congratulated. And the effort, and like you said, the talent, skill and effort that it's taken to be an AFL footballer, you've absolutely achieved it. So, mate, well done. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time, words. Uh, our pleasure. Look, just one last question. I, 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 can't, I can't go without asking this. Yep. That VFL semi-final or, or that final series last year, 
was that yep. was that strangely really exciting for you because you actually became such a pivotal player uh, for that series? Yeah, it um, yeah, sort of struggled with injury and, and couldn't get back in, and I was had a few problems with my feet. And Dan Jordan, the, the coach, actually sort of sat me down, and I was sort of I was getting frustrated, I guess, um, with my body. And he's like, "We'll just sort of play it." Yeah, you know, a bit deeper in the forward line and you know, just try and use some of your tricks and he was so good to me. He is one of the best coaches I've ever had. Yeah. Um, rang, actually rang me two weeks ago to see how I'm going. Um, that's the quality of person he that's is. That's a good person, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, and I just enjoyed, I was one of the older guys and I just really loved because we've just creeped in the finals and then we just kept on getting on a roll and the confidence and, and the feeling around the club during those finals it was I honestly look back at that finals campaign as one of my favourite moments in my career because yeah. the young guys like we probably weren't we, we weren't favourites in any of those games we just had the belief the confidence and the enjoyment that guys just took the game on and we couldn't be stopped so we talk about confidence it, doesn't matter how good you are. If you don't have confidence and want to play as a team, you, should, you won't get far. Yeah. So, no, I loved, I loved that final series and we got very close to the granny, but, yeah, just fell short. Just fell short. Yeah. It did have something special about it, I must admit. Yeah. There's just a, there's, there's some weird atmosphere about it that just was was quite magical in a weird way. And yeah. it's was hard to point out what, why, why it was the case, but... But like you said, you, you used your craft really well. Like you, you could tell you're hobbling a bit. But yeah. there's nothing. A hundred games experience is just is is, is exactly what it is. It, yeah, exactly. it, it gives you a very good footy brain, yeah. and and you used it so well. So um, what what are you up to um, nowadays, Josh? Where can we? Um, what are you doing post footy? Yeah, so I've um, moved. Well, still living in Melbourne. Uh, and I'm playing in the amateurs with the Uni Blues. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, we've actually got round one this weekend against uh, Brighton, I think, down yeah. at their home ground. Um, I love it there. Great bunch of fellas. Um, it's it's really it's cruisy, but the boys take it serious, and um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. That'd be uh, good to be able boys. to help some of the young kids down there. Yeah. And the guys are there for the right reasons, and uh, from that point of view, I'm loving it. And I'm working at um, City Power Power Core in the city, um, in their um, health health and wellbeing um, area. So it's it's a new new uh, new job for me, uh, learning a lot, and uh, been a big change. But I'm enjoying it. Oh, that's really good. Right, well, I guess um, we've we've had you on for a good long period of time, Josh. Um, we better let you go. We could talk to you for about another hour if you'd let us. <laughs> um, but again, mate, we, we really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Um, it's always great to hear from uh, um, from Bomber players, and uh, you're absolutely with that. So again, we want to thank you for, for all the time and effort um, and the blood and tears you put into the, the Bomber outfit. Um, and uh, we want to really want to thank you for coming on the podcast. No, no worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Um... Let's hope the bombers improve. Yes, yeah. mate. We hope. That, trust me. We hope that too. <laughs> Thanks very much Thanks, again, Josh. Josh. Thanks, Josh. No worries. See you guys. Bye. 
another great interview there with a former Bomber player. A massive thank you to Josh Green for that. Very animated about his... Uh, yeah, about his career about and his how career things and, went. And, and how people sometimes responded to him on social media. Yeah. I must admit I wasn't expecting that line of conversation. No, absolutely but, not. It's clearly something you felt strong it's, about. It's something that we've brought up on the podcast quite a number of times. And I think even through the saga, we've had that history of... Yep. Uh, probably when we very first started our podcast, we discussed about the the effect on that that real clear shouting over the fence and abusing players and yeah. getting on and tagging them on Twitter and, and that sort of like... It's it just... It's just can't, you just can't do it. Like no, and again... They're it's, human it's, beings. We were, we were talking after the interview um, just between us and we sort of looked at Scott, like Scotty's editorial today as the prime example of we sort of we had to re-listen to it because Josh's point is really um, really well made and I, as I sort of said in that interview with him I think he's changed my mind from one of like real disappointment and confusion to one of they're still the, the same yeah, players yeah. with the same names and they're, they're hurting right? I'll trust look, me they're I'm, hurting I'm always going to be a, a supporter of the players um, because that's how they are they're human beings so I, I, I do get that and and, and that's why I talk very much about an overview of the club. And, mm. that's, and that's how I do my language and where I think things are, aren't going well. And I think that's just business talk. I, I think I talk very business-like because that's mm-hmm. how my mind thinks. So I don't go, hey, this player is bad and this player... No. And that's why we, we rarely mention about... We don't do the whole worst fault's got to be sacked and all this sort of stuff. No. It's not up for us because we don't have that intel. We can, we, but we, we can discuss, because it's a fan podcast, we can be very open about tac- Absolutely. tactics and, and what, we, what we think is, yeah. what we observe is think going, going wrong. And I, and I always think that's fair game. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sort of shy away from that. Absolutely not. So what thing, one thing we really wanted to introduce much more is fan inclusion. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So look, we, we nominated two Twitter questions, so I put a, a bit of a feeler out there. Um, Keep an eye out for Twitter, because um, Scotty's putting some uh, questions out on, on the um, the lunch catch-up. Couldn't get the lunch time catch-up, so we had the lunch catch-up um, yeah. on Twitter. And we put a, you put out a question today asking for uh, for questions um, for the podcast today. Um, so Scotty's got a couple of them there. What's that first question, Scotty? So, look, ones that kind of stood out to me, that was actually, we got about 50 questions. Nice. So I'm very, very sorry. That was I was a bit surprised almost about how much came yeah. back. But look, one thing I've very much picked up this week is a very emotional club at the moment. Fan yeah. base. It was probably the most I've been attacked on, on Twitter because okay. about even just my saying I don't like that, that we're booing, that doing plays and yeah. and. Look, if that doesn't bother me, I, I'm going to get the criticism no, un- as well. Unfortunately, but, uh, that's never going to change. You can you can, <laughs> yeah, you can criticize opinion. as much as you like, and that's but, what it is. It's just my opinion. Yeah. I, I I never get offended. People disagree, but and this podcast but just disagree in the right way. Yeah, this podcast just, is never going. To, I mean, I've I've had some disagreements with the guys on on Facebook and Twitter as well, but like calling out players' names and saying they're crap or he's no good, he should be dropped, six people should be dropped, just that doesn't help. If you're tagging him in, especially, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, we got a great question from Rowan Thompson, so thanks, Rowan. He mentioned, it mentioned at the trade period, expectation. Whenever we have it, we play poorly. But when we aren't expected to win, the pressure is off, we seem to play well. The preseason saw more expectation than ever, and I think that we probably can't cope with it. Thoughts? Now then. It's an interesting topic because I, I actually had this thought as well about does... We're, we're, we're famous for losing games we should win, right? Yeah. Your Carlton, St. Oh, yeah. Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brisbane ex- being classic cases. 
is that is that something that as a club now that we had for the first time real big expectation in the off season yep. is it the same spirit and nerves that go over a club that that is that happens in a you know in a week build up to a game if that makes sense it's an interesting topic i mean not you'll never really know the answer but no but I, it's it's something that the club has previously struggled with with the expectation and yeah. and and real clubs and and Richmond struggled that for 20 years yeah of course Richmond. and they've only just yeah. finally hit that mental hurdle yeah. of getting over it but it's weird a bit i think Essendon we've the expectation to win games is weird because we play in big games. We play in two of the biggest I know, games. It's strange. Yeah, like yeah. Anzac Day is basically the other, the biggest game in, of the of the year, other than the grand final. So we've we know what playing in big games is like. We play Richmond um, Dreamtime at the G. We play the country match yeah, at Geelong now. We experience pressure regularly. Yeah. So I'm not sure why we we don't get up. But I think that's a really intelligent question, Rowan. In that the expectation placed on on the club and therefore the players at the start of the year with the triple S coming in and another S this year and, and the expectation to just click yeah. into gear like we did at the end of that last year. We should year. naturally just be a good team. Yeah. Uh, does it, yeah. Have we just not handled that expectation? The, the, but saying that again, you know, and I have to address it. We don't look that overly conditioned. Like uh, the, no, we don't. And like Zach Merritt doesn't I feel running. funny because Josh obviously says we work our ass off and I have no doubt they do. Yeah. But there's something just in their movements that that I can't put down. Like I, I still watch Zach Merritt and, and, and Musha said, no, no, he's fit. I still watch, look at him and go, you're not moving like Zach Merritt. No, he's not. Right? Like, and, and it's just, and even Heppel, like, I was watching closely and, and I actually thought Heppel had played a better game than probably yeah. people think. He tried. He tried. Um, and he took some really courageous marks, and and but still, I just felt his movement was odd. Like yeah. it was just that, and it was probably a bit of a midfield thing that I noticed. I thought we're just not moving that well. Like yeah. we're just, it's, it's just, and it's maybe like what Josh said, it's confidence. Whether that's a confidence thing, yeah. uh, it, it, it's something I wish I would understand uh, further. So I think what what we'll do, I mean, Rowan's come up with a great question there. Um, get back to Scotty on the, on the lunch catch up on Twitter. Maybe you, you've got a better explanation than. What, yeah. what we gave <laughs> yes. um, get back to us which with, is not hard which is just not hard <laughs> um, get back to us with um, maybe uh, an answer to Rowan's question as well um, I think that's really well yeah. done Rowan look I also there's also one from Gareth Waite Gareth um, uh, I think we need to discuss what the Essendon way is meant to be is it relentless pressure is it speed kills I'm not sure what our game plan is is it the right one for our actual list and why our players look at C trying to implement it it is the five hundred dollar, five hundred million dollar question. Five hundred million dollar question. Yeah. <laughs> what is the game plan? Look, my my theory on this. I've got a theory. I don't know if it's if it's right or wrong. My theory on this is that we're not gelling as a club because, well, sorry, we're we're finding it harder to gel as a club because the players that we've brought in are midfielders, and it takes ages for the mids to work together as a team, and we've just we've added. It's incredible that we added Shield and uh, sorry Stringer, Smith and Saad. Yeah, it's been great. Smith has tackled everybody. The man tackled the umpires. I think he tackled me at work one day. Um, but I just think when you add Shield again and you add Ben Rutten's new defence on top of that and how that implements with the the mid, yeah, I just I just don't yeah. think we're all on the same page at the moment because one thing that I think is is patently obvious is that the players don't know what the hell they to look, do. They look very confused. They look confused yeah. when they touch the ball. And I, I wonder if 
they feel as a group they're a bit behind on Rutten's systems and that's actually causing their confidence. But Rutten's defensive though, dude. Like it's not mid. But it's such a big game plan to structure around. Like it's it's if you're saying that game plan for Richmond of the last two years, it's probably sixty percent of their whole base of, of of why they do things well. But then again, why is Sean McKernan inside the square? And we have oh, no forward line. By the way, yeah. That, that's another thing. You just reminded me of something. Paul Corrigan, after the game, and this is me just chatting to you <laughs> while we're doing the podcast. Yeah. Paul Corrigan, after the game in the in the coach's review, says that magic words that drive me insane. Our forwards went too high up the ground. Man. I, I swear, like... The next person that does it, <laughs> I seriously, banish him to Dimbula. Like, somewhere... Uh, but, it's it's like I still don't get it. Well, why are we doing it? Like, well, I mean, how could that be the main issue? One of the main issues last year, and then game two. I I, I honestly, to goodness, man, I don't I don't get it. I, I think Jimmy Stewart still hasn't played a game of football in a year and uh, half a year in two games is because he he did that and didn't learn the lesson, right? But. I, I don't understand. That's the part that I don't understand. That's the part that confuses me as a fan. That's right? the confusion. Yeah. Right. So to, to, to me, the two things that confused me, me the most was was that from from hearing it from Paul Corrigan, and did, then just starting the game off passive. Did, uh, well, I, did, I, I found did that two part. players running off the interchange when the ball was still live confuse you? Ah. <sighs> uh, yeah, I... that that just to me is, the, and I, I I don't know if Josh would agree with me. Josh Green, I'm, I'm calling him Josh now, by the way. Just Josh, um, <laughs> I made Josh, just my mate Josh. Um, that just shows to me just a lack of confidence, just a complete lack of like awareness and confidence of what you're supposed to do. I think that to me is, tells me they're just so much in their head trying to be disciplined in a in a in a game plan that they're not actually living in the moment of the game. If that makes sense, yeah, like they're. They're very down on confidence. They're over trying to go. I've got to do everything right. I've got to do it. Oh, it must be my time to go off the ground. Robotic. Robotic. Yeah. Because um, actually, if we're being completely honest, Langford did it twice. Yeah. He actually tackled, did a great tackle, and the guy dropped the ball when he got the free, and he's he's running off. <laughs> he's running off. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, and I'm not putting. I know a lot of people have really dissed Langford in, in that one. I think it's more systematic. I'm not actually putting that on on Langford myself because Guelphie did the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just a mindset of the club, uh, of a, a pure lack of confidence but if that you... they're trying to concentrate so hard on drills and things they've been taught that they're actual just the instinctual play that they need to do is actually gone. But like, and that, but that's I think it speaks to the confusion part that they're just. Mm-hmm. They're so confused. They would never make that mistake before. No, no, I know. So I don't know whether or not they... Like you said, they're, they're 100% concentrating on this thing that they must do when that happens, this must happen. Yeah, yeah. And not being able to realise... Not realize being in the that, moment. Yeah. yeah, not being in the moment. So, look, Bomber fans, I guess... Um, I think we've been on for, what, 55-odd minutes now? So, quickly, what about Melbourne? Yeah, there you go. All right. So, Melbourne next week. Um, they've lost two in a row. We've lost two in a row. Um, they haven't looked real special. We haven't looked real special. This is the game of. This could be a. Who knows? This could be twenty-five to twenty-three result. Who knows? But uh, seriously, uh, but, we don't know. Uh, and that's that's uh, from talking to Josh. And again, my my opinion has been changed from talking to Josh in that my my level of disappointment now is less, and I still my level of confusion is still there because I'm not quite sure when you look but at is our it, club. Is it, I'm, I'm challenging you right now, Ryan. Yeah. 
is really your disappointment less? It's not less. You're just not taking it out. Oh, so, okay. So maybe disappointment's the wrong. I mean, word, my right? disappointment's exactly the same. Yeah, disappointment. I'm just not. I'm just not isolating a guy and going to can him for okay, it. Okay, so we'll change disappointment to anger, right? Like, don't. Mm. I'm not going to get pissed off and start yelling and and naming yeah. players and stuff. Right? I mean, I, I named Sean McKernan, but the man came halfway down the the pitch. I'm not sure why, but I guess my my overriding um, emotion is confusion because. I think to try and keep it at a club level and not try and talk about specific players, I'm confused because we've got so much talent on that list yeah. who is playing nowhere near the amount of talent that they have. No. So it confuses me as to what it is. And I'd, I'd man, I'd kill to have Xavier on. I'd kill to have Wusher. I'd kill to be in a, in a, a soundproof room with <laughs> Wusher and ask him the question, what's the real reason? Because... Yeah. It, if it's him, just, he may not know. He may, well, he may not know because with that side, we we should be doing much better than we are, yeah. and nobody can put their finger on it other than we're not physically conditioned. And if that's the case, man, I'll tell you what, it's going to take five to six weeks to get us up to speed. I'm going to put my small positive hat on because I feel like we just need something, right? We've got to hold on to something. Yeah, I agree. So the second half, I guess, of the Saints game, right? Uh, look, I actually thought Aaron Francis was fantastic. Yep. I thought Michael Hurley battled his heart out. Yep. Um, they both... Heaps, I mean, St. Yeah. Kilda only scored 75 points. In some ways, the defense... If you think of how many turnovers we've created... Yep. you got to hand it to the defense. They're yep. actually... T- Saad, Hurley, and and um, and Francis yep. actually held up really well. Uh, and I thought they were moving well. Uh, look, Fantasia's an interesting one for me... He 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 missed ones that he would drill hundred ninety nine out of a hundred right. Yep. Just in that second half, he just started to show the movement of Fantasia that I know, and and he's a very big player for us. Huge. If he takes that next step up, and if Zach Merritt can find some some a little bit more mobility, I don't know if the word is, but just just look. Bit more of the confidence, Zach of I guess, old. man. Yeah, 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 and it's just it's just confidence. It's, it, I mean. it, it does change things. Like we can, oh, mate. It, it, yeah. We absolutely. This is the, the point we keep making. It's the is forward that, setup almost. That's the issue. Yeah, know? but it, it's it's the thing is that, and the one thing that I'm hanging on to is that none of these players are Ian Baker Finch, right? None. Nobody has forgotten how to play football. Yeah, they are still. Zarakis is still Zarakis, right? Zach Merritt is still an All Australian and close to an elite footballer. Um, Heppel's there Shields there The talent's there Smith's yeah. there The talent is there right And again from talking to Josh today um, I just think They'll be hurting They'll be wanting to put in better performances yeah. But sometimes man the, just Things just don't go your way And it's a, it's But a, It's a good week In a weird way It's a good week to have the whole playing group Go to a pub or something like that Yeah And just Actually mentally relax Yep Instead of grilling them There's, a, there's, there's some parts where you where you, you, I think, put the pressure on, and then there's sometimes you actually go, they're mentally out yep. of the game, but they're talented. So how do we change that? I'll tell you what. How do we lighten the load mentally to give them a bit of a fresh space, I guess? I'll tell you what, this does, and this will be hilarious, um, it does remind me of, uh, of when we, you and I, <laughs> used to play in a basketball team called the Screaming Jets, right? The Screaming Jets basketball team down at Croydon Leisure Centre, and we, we were good. We were guns. We were yeah. guns. I mean, I, I was I was clocking up the middle. Scotty was just draining threes left and right. Steph Curry-like. It's just Steph Curry-like. And I, would I be right in saying that there were two teams, or one specifically, that who probably should remain nameless, um, that we were better than? 
Yeah. We were better than that team, just purely on our dodgy basketball skills. Yeah. We were better than that team, but for some weird reason, sometimes talent on a page doesn't transfer to the game. And we we struggled to beat this side every time we played them. We just had a yeah, mental hoodoo. Right? We had a mental hoodoo with them. Yeah. And I just wonder whether or not the players at the moment, like you said, are... They're, they're forgetting, Zach's forgetting who he is and maybe he's a bit underdone and that's fine. But I think Essendon supporters and listeners, I'm going to hang on to this week. I'm going to hang on to yeah. the fact that these players haven't forgotten how to play AFL. The second half of that last week's game really proved that. And I just think, and again, like Josh said, is that they have the ability to flick a switch. Round 10 last year, we flicked mm. a switch and turned into a world-beating team. So I just think we've we've swallowed a whole lot of salt water. We've just yeah. got to get rid of it, just cough it all out. And then I think this is going to turn around. Because, like Josh said again, the players are hating this at the moment. They yeah. will not want to go down uh, 3-0. But if they do... Guys, we really have to just keep supporting them. We can question things, absolutely. We can do editorials like Scotty did and, and question what the club stands for and all that sort of stuff. But I think 70,000 members, we've got to turn out to the games and keep supporting our, our guys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you you got to you got to actually support the players. That's the whole point of being a supporter. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a tricky one because... We're, we're as passionate as ever and, and fans get disappointed and, and, and I understand that they take that they sometimes can take it out on the yeah. club but yeah. you just got to watch it you just got to watch it but look we won't harp on it too much no we won't harp on too much that's true uh, great. Melbourne Melbourne next week uh, yeah. Bombers by 18 that's I'm picking it You're Bombers it? by 18 I'm going to be confident um, like I said it's we, we know we're down at the moment yeah. but there's enough players in that side, man, and and Wusha knows what he's doing, and I've I've got still got confidence in the club, just a bit confused with what's going on at the moment, but bombers by eighteen. Uh yeah. No, no, <laughs> Scotty, you're not you're not going to go with me on bombers by eighteen. <laughs> Look, out of the two teams, we were better than Melbourne, so maybe I'll just go with Essendon by eight points, just because Melbourne were terrible. Okay. Um, so, uh, maybe slightly more. In, bad, in better form than bad, I guess. All right, cool. Uh, look, great win by the VFL boys again. Um, Incredible win, man. They're pounding people. Uh, Mosquito was apparently really exciting. Kicked two or three goals. Um, it was his first ever game. But he... Uh, from, I just had a good source and said he looked really good and he looked really dangerous. Nice. So uh, Redmond played pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I don't think he's going to be far away at all, Redmond. Do you reckon, uh, how's Tommy Jock going? you reckon he's half a... Half a... Chance for a game this year? Uh, look, not as yet. I don't okay. think so. Uh, I haven't heard the extent of Zerk Thatcher's injury, but I'm not it happy. doesn't doesn't sound like it's great. I'm not happy. Uh, Laverde, they've said is one to two weeks. That's that's a better okay, than good. That's that's not too bad. Yep. It's a shame because he probably was going to play. He would, would have been a a very big prospect for this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so look, the changes on Thursday will be very interesting because. With Zerk Thatcher and, and Laverde getting injured, it actually, we don't have overly... No, to, to come in and replace those to come guys. In, I mean, yeah. you've got Machi and Clark and a few others, but I'm not sure they're setting Ridley. the world on fire. Mm. But look, Ridley was an emergency. He, he, you know my thoughts. He, it should uh, be in the side. should be in the side. But um, that's just my personal. Yeah. I think he's very flexible. He, can, he played a lot of his junior career up forward as well, remember. So 
he he's not just a for me. Oh, if he plays, he's centre half back. No, he, I think he can play a wing. He can play half forward. He can yeah. play. So, okay. So I I just think he's a huge talent that I just want games into basically. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we've All got right. way over time. Way over time, man. We could talk dead set underwater. So you've got your money's worth, which absolutely. is actually free. Which so. is absolutely nothing. So um, thank you again to Josh Green for being on the show. Um, we really appreciate that. Good get by Scotty. Um, thank you very much for the listeners. You can get us at um, the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast um, Facebook page. You can get us on um, Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast on Instagram. You can also get us at the Lunch Catch-Up um, yeah. on uh, Twitter. Couldn't get the Lunchtime Catch-Up, so we went with the Lunch Catch-Up. And thank you all. We got heaps of people um, following us and subscribing to us, yeah. to our shows. So thank Last you so much. Show. Yeah, our audience just keeps growing and growing. That's so, awesome. So we really, really appreciate it. We're always humbled by it. So thank you again. Yep. Have a good week, everyone. We'll see how the team lines up Thursday. Go Bombers! And uh, let's go and beat the Demons. <laughs>